0: Hey FitPros, it's your host Tyler Valencia here. I quickly want to share a free resource we have on the Kips website and YouTube channel. If you're struggling with your online workouts or just want to see the items that we recommend, check out our virtual training resources page. You'll find breakdowns on streaming setups, reviews on microphones, and other free videos that can help you build your fitness business today. Did I mention they're free? Go check them out at the link in the description or head over to our website to find them under the blog tab welcome to the kips podcast my name is tyler Valencia, and i'm the president of kips and time to train fitness We have a topic and something that I had to pull this guest back because I think she's great in order to talk about online workouts, especially for those instructors that might be looking for ideas or might be hesitant. Christy Taylor is our guest today, and she's somebody that she learned a lot through it. She put two feet in into this whole online workout area. So Christy, thank you for being my guest on the podcast.
1: That's my pleasure.
0: For the listeners, let's start it off with a breakdown of yourself. Can you share what you do now and your background?
1: Uh, I'd be happy to. Well, uh, for starters, I am a wife of 20 plus years. Mm
0: -hmm. I am
1: a mother of four Mm
0: -hmm. very
1: busy, very crazy, adorable kids. (laughs) Um, I'm also a group fitness instructor for Mm -hmm. two major gym chains in Arizona. And I am the creator of Feel the Beat Fitness. Mm-hmm. That's a fitness content company.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to decide here which way I want to take because the online workouts definitely we're going to talk about, but the feel the beat format, like that is something that I'm sure a lot of fitness instructors thinking about, oh, I have this idea for a great format. Uh What do I do? Um man, What are those first things, steps that I take, all that kind of stuff. What was some of the homework that you did? Like, what research did you do? And what was kind of that beginning phase of, okay, I, this is, can be something, this can be something great. I want to actually take those steps.
1: All right. Well, that's a fantastic question. And then just to clarify, Feel the Beat Fitness is the name of my company. Mm-hmm. The two formats that I have created are called Power Beats. That's it. Yeah. And Power Beat Plus, it's mm. sister format. Mm-hmm. And both of these formats were born from the process of trying to satisfy my own unmet needs, Mm -hmm. to be honest. Um, So to set the stage, it was uh, 2019, Mm -hmm. and I had been teaching cardio classes for two years straight. Um, Mm -hmm. I love cardio. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, one of the um, drawbacks to only teaching cardio is that I I noticed I was losing muscle mass. Mm -hmm. And I knew that for my own personal health, I needed to start incorporating more strength training into my exercise regimen, but I could not find a class that I liked. Mm. Uh, the only strength training options out there were either um, boot camp like or or sets and reps. I'm going to say where you where the instructor merely said, "Okay, this is the exercise that you're going to do," and then participants do it for. A set period of time or a a set number of reps. Uh, The only class that I found that was um, choreographed to music was was body pump. You've probably heard of that particular class. But body pump uses the barbell as its main equipment mode. And I've I've never really liked the barbell. Mm -hmm. So I was at a bit of a loss. I knew I needed strength training, but there wasn't anything out there that appealed to me so, I decided to just start creating my own. Um, fortuitously, at about the same time, an opportunity to teach a strength training class came up on Tuesdays at 11 o'clock at one of the gyms that I mm-hmm. work for. And um, as you can imagine, a Tuesday 11 o'clock time slot is not super popular. <laughs> <laughs> I think the first day I taught, maybe two people came. Um, <laughs> But in hindsight, it was a blessing Mm -hmm. because I had this hour where I could experiment.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And the the two people who came ended up coming again, and we ended up becoming friends. And they helped me as I, I, I basically admitted to them, I'm experimenting here. I'm going to try to create a choreographed strength training class that utilizes free weights or dumbbells. And looped resistance bands as opposed to the barbell or, or something that's a little bit more um, difficult or unwieldy, shall we say. Mm-hmm. And I had that class uh, for about, about almost a year before COVID hit and mm-hmm. everything shut down. Mm-hmm. And I developed quite a bit of choreography and started getting a small following. Nice. Come to find out there are a lot of people, particularly women, who have the same mindset that I do? They know they need more strength training. Yeah. Their doctor is telling them they need more resistance training to mm-hmm. avoid osteoporosis and other um, aging ailments. But they're just not; their needs just aren't being met with the current offerings.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, uh, but then 2020 hit, hmm. and like many instructors, I started taking my classes to Zoom mm-hmm. and offering them through Zoom. And through that process, was able to reach more people mm-hmm. who were like-minded, who wanted strength training, and enjoyed having the movements synch- synchronized to music, to music that they, they recognized, music mm-hmm. that they could sing along to. It wasn't just a background element anymore. The music was an integral p- part of the workout so they were doing bicep curls to their favorite Pitbull song <laughs> or, you know, maybe doing squats to Elton John and they could sing along with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is how my first format, Powerbeat, was born. Mm-hmm. And that was the name I gave it when I started to teach on Zoom.
2: Mm-hmm. Well,
1: gyms opened up again and I was given a new class, uh, a class that was a, um, a mix. It was supposed to be 75% strength. 25% cardio. And so I thought to myself, well, I've already have all of this choreography for sh- the strength portion. Now I just need to create a few choreography tracks and uh, mix it all, uh, excuse me, choreograph a few cardio tracks mm-hmm. and throw it all together. And so that's how Power Beat Plus was born. Mm. It's the same thing as my strength training, but with some cardio added in. hmm
0: with your formats, and now going to that next step, what you shared with me prior to recording is it's going into another gym, a popular gym out where we both live. <laughs> For the listeners, we live in the same area. Um, and it's a great gym that it's being a part of, and it's awesome. And is there any homework in terms of like you're looking at other formats? Okay, this is similar. You're learning the blueprint kind of, and maybe applying some of those texni- techniques that they use.
1: You know, I've... I've actually tried to just create my formats organically, just love meeting my own needs.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, again, I, I shared with you that I didn't like anything that was currently offered.
2: Mm. And so
1: while I, I have gone to say body pump or body attack classes,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I've paid attention to the few things I've liked, mostly I'm just trying to create something that appeals to me. Mm-hmm. But then I'm finding that it also appeals to a lot of other people too. Uh, they, uh, particularly the Power Beat Plus class, mm-hmm. that's the one that's both strength and cardio. I have had numerous participants come up to me afterwards and say how much they enjoy getting both strength and cardio done in a single one-hour class. Mm. It kind of hits everything.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, so that's what I've been striving to do is n- is meet those currently unmet needs in the group fitness market? I
0: think it's a unique factor. It's a very unique factor for it. Having talked and worked with instructors on their own formats before and how much they do look at other formats to see um, certain aspects of it. And I think that that's actually what pushes them to create their own too, is Mm -hmm. that exactly what you said, the unmet needs, and they see something that I feel like it's a harsh term that it's uh, that they don't like about format. I feel like that's kind of mean to say, but um, it's something that they've noticed and like, okay, no, let's do something that's different and strive to create something that you're happy about. And I think that that's also part of it as well, which is great. Now let's kind of shift this to your online stuff, because that is really a part where I think you have done a fantastic job in terms of, going outside of what you're comfortable with and being willing. I think that's the big keyword there is willing to learn something new. And with teaching online, there's a lot of different things that uh, an instructor will go through. What have you personally seen with your own growth, with going through teaching in person and then then going online and then now going back to doing both? What has that been for you mentally like?
1: Oh, wow. Um, a whirlwind (laughs) I have to constantly remind myself look how far you've come Mm -hmm. as opposed to get overwhelmed with oh look how much you still have left to learn Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um but it's um yes it and I have I am I am proud of myself because I for someone who barely knew how to use her smartphone (laughs) To now be teaching online, mm-hmm. um, to be loading on-demand classes, to be editing that video footage so that it is presentable. and um, I, I think I've I've made some uh, some huge strides. So yeah. I, I give myself a little pat on the back every you now should.
0: and then. With the online workouts now, the the ones that you mentioned, your editing stuff, what and your filming, can you share that process of like the I film it and then I go edit it. What are you using? And because I'm sure that there are plenty of people in that boat that are like, oh, I don't need to edit, but that they probably don't even know where to start. What does that look like for you?
1: All right. Good question. Well, the uh, video tape or the recording software that I use is called OBS. It is a free software and is one of the more popular softwares um, for, for online recording, um, particularly for YouTube. And for other platforms um, like Twitch, for example, that's I actually got started on Twitch. And we might go into that a little bit mm-hmm. later, mm-hmm. how that came about. Um, but so, the, yes, the recording software I use is OBS. And when I set my sit down to record a workout, uh, my first first thing I need to do is load the music onto my computer. I am one of those fitness instructors who is, uh, I call myself a music snob, uh, <laughs> the music has to be not only excellent, it has to fit the exercise perfectly, mm-hmm. but it also needs to be the right speed. So I actually mo- individually modify the speed of every song that I use to make sure that, that it, the, the beats per minute is just spot on. Nice. So that's first, is make sure that the music all is all set and loaded into my computer. Then I set the stage. Of course, I need to make sure that my, my lighting is on. That includes opening up every single window in my studio, making sure that the halo lights are on and in their proper place, um, getting OBS up and running, making sure my mic is, is set. I always do a quick like two-minute test record before I jump into that workout just to make sure that all the technical uh, issues are, are smooth and functioning properly. And then when it is finally time to get started with that warm-up, I push play, I give my spiel about you know, introducing the class and what, what we're going to be doing, and then I, I do not stop.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I record an entire workout as though I was in front of a live audience, mm-hmm. you know, mistakes included record the whole thing in one shot. Mm -hmm. And then when the cool down is finished and I have finally given my virtual class participants their congratulations on a job well done, turn off the video recorder. And then I give a huge sigh of relief (laughs) (laughs) that one more workout has been recorded. And then of course, after uh, taking a shower, (laughs) I will sit down and edit that, that, um, that footage I Mm -hmm. will trim off the very beginning the very end make it nice and clean I add subtitles so that the participants know what the name of the song is and what types Mm -hmm. of exercises we're going to be doing during that song and then of course at the very end of the video um, or or very end of the workout I include my um, social media Mm
2: -hmm.
1: handles and links so that people can follow me find out more and definitely keep working out with me
0: I dig it I dig it. Something that came to mind that just because I started off the year with a tutorial, a YouTube tutorial, that was about finding and developing your at-home space for filming. And I know where yours is because we've talked about it before, but what was that process for you that you were like, okay, I need to find somewhere in my home that I can film that's going to look clean, look presentable. What, did, what was that step? What were all those steps that you went through?
1: All right. Well, first off, none of this would have been even possible without my amazing husband, mm-hmm. who is very supportive, <laughs> and basically allowed allowed me to turn part of our bedroom into my studio. He helped me move furniture out of the way
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> so that
1: I could have a a portion of our of our bedroom that is as clutter-free as possible. The only things I have in my recording space is a small bench where I keep the equipment Mm -hmm. that we're going to use. Um, you know, a mat and some weight sets. And I think I have a plant. Yes. Yes, I have a plant. (laughs) Um, but that's it. That's it. Everything else has been moved completely out of the way. Um, we have brought in some halo lights, as I mentioned before, led halo lights to Mm -hmm. lighten up the space as much as possible. Lighting is very important. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so that's that's how we began. And uh, and when I say we, I, I'm, again, I'm mentioning and including my husband in this because mm-hmm. he's been very, very supportive of this whole process.
0: Yeah. Awesome. That's uh, – I can say that my counterpart, my wife as well, has been very crucial with my filming spaces. She – uh, has gotten into woodworking and that has benefited me very much. Uh-huh. So with my filming spaces and all that kind of good stuff with going into it and with yours being in your bedroom, how, how wide, I think that that's really something that I know that I've talked about it, but it's always great to hear from somebody else. How wide would you say that filming space is?
1: Oh, that is an excellent question. Uh We're probably looking at about 15 feet. Yep. Yeah. So uh not a ton of space, one of the things that I, I, I like a lot about the recording software I use, OBS, is that OBS allows you to add graphics mm-hmm. to your frames. And mm-hmm. that's what I've done. I've actually decreased the frame size by adding two gray bars, just two Blank spaces, if you will, on either side of my frame,
2: mm-hmm. so that
1: you can't see my bathroom on one side and mm-hmm. you can't see my bed on the other. <laughs> it mm-hmm. Kind of brings the frame in. It's it's in those gray spaces as well that I put the um, the subtitles or any, any any text that I want to add.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so that's that's one of the reasons why I chose OBS is that ability to add framing and add graphics.
0: I dig it. I dig it. I, I feel like there is this stage with instructors or even, I think it's more just editors when content creators that they finally get to that next level. And it's almost where they can see what the final product will look like in their head. And so when they're setting up things that it already makes sense in their head. And when potentially you have, you bring somebody to film or you're going to create something with them, they might not see it, but in your head, you know that there's an, this is going to be blocked out. This is all the space I need. Here's what I need to capture. And, The point that I made in this video was about, you don't really need that much space. I think the minimum that I said was nine feet, Mm -hmm. and but I think mine's around 12 feet and yours is around 15. And that is all you really need in your house. And the point that I really made in this uh, tutorial was about people don't see what's behind the camera. You mentioned on one side's your bathroom, one side's your bed. People don't see that. All they see was in frame. What's on your sides, what's on the top and the bottom. And so finding a space like that That's just a a clean wall that nobody's going to be distracted from. I like that you use that term because people get distracted. That's part of why you want a a dedicated space is you don't want to be showing your your laundry. You don't want to have an animal running through. You have somewhere that's dedicated. That's going to look professional about value. I think that that's really the big thing that I keep saying over the last couple months is there's value in your in your setup in what you're putting out there, there's so much value that when somebody is looking at all the options they have in terms of where do I want to sign up for online workouts. I like uh XYZ as an instructor, but uh the the place isn't uh, the the quality of it isn't that good. There's options out there. I think that there's a question now that I want to ask you and it's one that I feel like it's like the new controversial topic within (laughs) the the fitness industry. Do you feel like the whole competition thing is more of a, don't worry about it? Or yes, there is competition out there for online workouts.
1: Yes, there is competition out (laughs) there. Mm -hmm. Whether we like it or not, the virtual space is here to stay. Yeah. It was already being developed before COVID hit. Yep with Peloton and Apple Fitness and, and other juggernauts, COVID merely accelerated that process. Mm-hmm. It is here to stay. And I think right now we're in a bit of a grace period for, for most fitness professionals and the communities at large. We're in a bit of a grace period. Everybody knows COVID hit hard and fast
2: mm-hmm. and that
1: professionals are still trying to adjust to our new yeah. reality. But in a few years, that grace period is over. Mm-hmm. and if fitness professionals want to stay viable they're going to have to offer both in person and some sort of virtual option yeah so now is the time to figure it out while oh. everybody is still pretty understanding while they're patient with um, with professionals trying to figure out the process mm-hmm. do it now don't wait for another. Few more years because that grace period is going to end, and then it's just going to become expected. Members, the general, the public at large is simply going to expect some kind of virtual offering in addition to in-person services. So yes. my advice is just figure it out right now.
0: Hard-hitting facts, <laughs> and I love it because I, I mean, I love it because I share that common outlook on it. I think that uh, some people want to ignore. The corporations out there that have millions to market mm. that they say that they don't want that, that, that's not your competition. I personally think that it is that th- there is a market out there that now they, ha- they have options and they like to have options. And I think it'll be pretty similar to how people will have multiple gym passes, they might have multiple online platforms, they like their instructors and whatnot, but you are in that space and. It, You used to, as a personal trainer, it was more around your community and you were having to compete within that, but now it, it opens up and things like what we're talking about with your filming space, the editing, the lighting, all that kind of stuff goes into the value you can create yourself. And it's such a, um, interesting topic. For all the things you mentioned, I, I really liked how you mentioned like a grace period. Right now, people are understanding of it. They have gotten more used to doing things online, on doing things on Zoom, watching workouts at home. That's I think a big benefit is people realize more, even more, that you can get a quality workout at home. Uh, I'm one of those people that. It's always worked out at home. I do have a gym pass, but I tend to work out at home because of convenience. It's always been a convenience thing for me that yeah. instead of jumping in the car for 15, 20 minutes, I just walk into my garage and I got all the things that I need. I'm set. And mm-hmm. now people see that too. You can put that time in other places. So Fit Pros, take that time, learn about all these different things. And I hope, I really do hope that people do uh, start to, learn more about the quality of what they can do online and push those boundaries, because I really enjoyed hearing about fit pros that were thriving and making even more money before than before the, the shutdowns happened. That was one of my favorite parts of the last two years, and I hope to see it more going forward. So um, a, a piece that I do want to touch on now, because I feel like a lot of listeners Um, when I personally go on different shows, podcasts, especially if it's a video one, they want to see me break down like how I set up my interfaces and my cameras, all that kind of stuff. But before we get to there, what do you think has been the hardest part for yourself? Has it been microphones, lighting, cameras, how all of that comes together and editing? What has been that the most difficult part for you?
1: Oh, wow, (laughs) (laughs) can of worms. Can I say all of the above <laughs> <Yes>. um,
0: <laughs> option D all of all the yeah. above.
1: <laughs> so as I previously stated, uh, technology has never been my strong suit. Mm-hmm. So this was a very frightening, um, uh, frightening prospect for me going into the tech part of, mm-hmm. of filming online and producing content online was, was very daunting for me. So I had to take it one step at a time, yeah. uh, the first step was figuring out what kind of a computer I needed. I mm-hmm. tried on the laptop I had. Um, it was a 2015 something or other. So basically a dinosaur in computer years. <laughs> um, and so that required, all right, first step, I need a new laptop. And, uh, and, that, and I'm going to share the story because it, it leads to all the other steps that then I yeah. took. Um, I went to Best Buy to get myself a new computer. And at the time, my plan was to stream my fitness classes on Twitch. So for those who might not know what Twitch is, uh, Twitch is actually a video game platform. It's uh, designed for people to play video games together. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, I'm not a gamer myself, um, unless you count the 10 minutes that I played Halo back in 2005 <laughs> as being a gamer.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but At the time, Twitch had the proper licensing for using the type of music that I use. And so, that's why I decided to use Twitch as my platform. So, I went to Best Buy to get a new computer, and I walked into the store, went to the back where the laptops are located, and the sales clerk came up to me and asked if I needed any help. And I said, well, yes, I do. I'm actually going to start a fitness channel on Twitch, and I need a new laptop. And he looked at me for a moment and then he said, I think that is the coolest thing I've ever heard. Nice. <laughs> and my heart did a little jump like, oh, yes, I have a fan um, or at least someone who doesn't think I'm absolutely crazy. <laughs> and, and then I come to find out as, I, as I'm as i talking with him that he had a side business of helping people get set up on Twitch. And I thought to myself, oh, this is this is karma. So I got his phone number and I called him up a couple of days later. I said, okay, now that I've got my computer, can you please come over and help me get set up on Twitch? And so he did. He came over to my house. Um, he taught me about OBS. He taught me about Twitch. He showed me the settings I was going to need. He helped me interface the microphone that I had at the time. I ended up switching to a different one later, um, but, he, but he taught me how to do that. And that that was incredibly helpful yeah. to, to have someone show me. Now, and I know not everybody has that opportunity, although, Hey, go to Best Buy. You never know. <laughs> you might just run into a sales clerk who has, who has just the right talents that you happen to need. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but that was very helpful. And, and I also watched quite a few YouTube tutorials. So mm-hmm. I will, I will put that out there as well. YouTube university. It works. <laughs>
0: I agree. There's so much great content out there for Fit Pros. For uh, I guess I'll give our, our plug for the episode of the content that we create for online workouts for those teaching online. We do have stuff about interfaces, mixers, cameras, lighting, a lot of that stuff because it's something that we believe. And we put it out there for free. So you can go check any of that stuff out anytime on our YouTube channel. It's also on our blog. There is a link in the description of this episode. It says virtual training resources, and you can check that out anytime. And those are the stories, though, that Christy shared right there that I feel like just give you that extra motivation to keep pushing along with it that, oh, wow, like somebody is going to help me out. It's a sign. It's a sign that I'm on the path. I'm creating content. I'm making it look more professional. So I always love hearing that. I know that it's something that people are, uh, they can be afraid of the whole cameras, editing, lighting, because it's not in any certification we take. It's not part of the education that we are traditionally taught. More of that is coming out, but it's a learning process. It's a big learning process for a lot of us. And um, I will say that I've been fortunate enough that I was doing a lot online stuff prior to 2020. So I had a little bit of a leg up there. I've always been creating online education since I've been in the industry. So it's really been helpful for me with technology, editing, all that kind of stuff. And I've will, i I've talked to a lot of instructors that are in the same boat, that it's very daunting with all the setup and worry, being worried about is it, how does it sound? How does it look? And I will admit here on this podcast that even though I do have um, some pretty cool stuff for filming. I still know that something can go wrong. I, it's just a matter of um, the, the stuff that we're doing online. And the big one that I've been talking about more recently is that's the nature of online workouts. We're not just standing in one spot doing an interview and the camera just has to stay right there and the subject just has to be lit right there. We're moving. We're side to side, we're up and down, we're all over that frame. So finding uh, technology, finding cameras, finding all the lighting you need to make sure that you look good in frame, it's tough. It's a process and a half. Mm. So it's, uh, it's a journey, It's just like a fitness journey. It's a technology journey, I'll call it, um, but uh, I, I dig it. And the next question I want to jump into has to do with live instruction. I really think that teaching online teaches you a lot about yourself. How do you feel online has improved your live instruction?
1: Oh, definitely it has helped me understand how to emote more, yeah both online of course, recorded but also in my in person classes
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, when you're talking to a camera and or or teaching a cam to a camera basically there needs to be so much more expression in your face mm-hmm. and in your voice because your participant on the other end of the internet doesn't have a crowd of people around them to help yeah. energize them the only thing is the instructor so I have to bring that energy. I have to bring the emotion with my face, with my tone of voice, with how I move. And it was recording myself that helped me see that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That my earlier, my, my current recordings are so much better than the ones that I did a year ago because I've been able to watch myself and yeah. learn what I actually look like
2: mm-hmm. when
1: I'm in front of an audience. So that's uh, that's probably the primary thing that has improved my in-person teaching because of my online teaching and my online recording. Yeah, is my ability to emote and and bring that energy. The second thing that comes to mind is clarity of instruction. Mm. Um, now I mentioned that the two classes I teach the most are the ones that I created, Power Beat and Power Beat Plus. Mm-hmm. These these classes are all organized by song, as I like to say. There's usually 12 to 14 songs on the playlist, and they play pretty close back to back. So we'll do like say the warm up song, and then there's maybe 15 20 second break before the lower body toner song begins, and then another. 15 to 20 second break. And so I have to learn how to explain what we're doing next not only succinctly because I only have 15 seconds but also clearly and thoroughly so that people understand in just those 15 seconds what they're about to do next mm-hmm. and can get up set up properly for success.
0: Yeah yeah what uh, a question now for you with like now the prep because i think that that's something that i've personally have benefited a lot from actually podcasting and the tutorials i make now too for youtube my online workouts then especially with podcasting is there's so much prep that i put into it with the notes and so when i do teach an online workout i'm filming something virtually there are so many different notes that are kind of cues for me and Mm -hmm. Do you have a prepping that you go through for these that helps you with that transition right there?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, Part of my setup, and I, I failed to mention this before, is that before I, before I record, I print out the list of my songs that are Mm -hmm. on that particular playlist for the day. And I post it to a wall that's off screen. Mm -hmm. So nobody can see it except for me, but I have that list right there that I can refer to.
2: Yeah.
1: And of course, Prior, and this is probably like a week prior to recording, I have already come up with that playlist and I play it over and over and over again while I'm driving, while I'm cleaning my house, and I'm reviewing in my mind what are the moves Mm -hmm. so that it almost comes naturally to me. I, I pretty much have the whole thing memorized, not only the movements, but also how the movements fit with the music and the lyrics. I often mm-hmm. have the lyrics for mm-hmm. an entire hour's worth of songs <laughs> completely memorized by the time I actually teach so that or, or record, as the case may be, so that it, it, it flows. It just comes naturally, and I don't have to um, rely on notes in front of me. Now, that being said, I don't think it's wrong. To have mm-hmm. notes in front yeah. of you or at least off screen no, so that um, the so that participants can't tell what you're looking at because you definitely want to deliver quality content yep. and if notes are required then do that because quality content is is the number one priority
0: yep i think that that's a big difference with online and live and i think some instructors sometimes go into it thinking oh, you know i with my live classes, I can just show up and I can just free, free flow it. And it's going to be all good. And some, it does work. Some people do have that ability to do it. And with online, you are typically, you're doing one shot. You got one shot to film this. And now you have to look at, okay, how do I make it better? And often that's going to be with your prep. What are those things? And same thing for me is near the camera. And I, I was thinking about this actually this week was how, how many things I have close to the camera, because when I look at a timer or I'm looking at my notes, I wanted to make it seem like I'm looking right at the camera. So people don't know, they will not know, they don't know. Like I keep going back to, they don't know what's behind the camera. They don't know what's the lights are. They don't know that you have a potentially a playback monitor right there. So you could see yourself, all these things They will never know. So why not give yourself the best shot to make the content as smooth as possible? And so taking that extra 10, 15 minutes, oh my goodness, goes so long. Mm -hmm. And it helps with those situations where you either have a transition between exercises or you have this time when maybe you're doing intervals and there's maybe a little bit of downtime and you want to put in a story there, put in a cue that sparks something in your head that, oh. I have this good motivational story that I wanted to tell. Tell yourself, put it between songs and put a little note for yourself. There's nothing wrong with that, in my opinion. And it just goes into the quality, which I love how you mentioned that quality content. That's such a big thing. Uh, before we go into our podcast takeaways, I remembered that I got to ask you about the, the technical aspects, the, um, the equipment people that listen to podcasts or they listen to tutorials or watch tutorials, they want to know the names. Can you share the equipment that you use, like the the name of the microphone, all that kind of stuff? Because I know that they're going to want to know.
1: (laughs) Of course. So as I previously mentioned, OBS is Mm -hmm. the recording software I use. InShot is the name of the editing software I use. And it Mm -hmm. is a free software. Just Mm -hmm. download it right off the internet. My video camera is a Logitech stream cam. So mm-hmm. it's an external camera that I plug into my computer. I do have a Hewlett-Packard computer, uh, a laptop, I should say. And I. it is a pavilion. And if you go to Best Buy and say, I want the um, the gaming computer, the Hewlett-Packard <laughs> gaming computer, they'll steer you, steer you in the right direction. Yes.
2: Um,
1: and then for my microphone, I do use the Rode, and that's spelled R O D E, the road go. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's a square little looking thing. There's actually two pieces. Both the transmitter and the receiver are both uh, square in shape. And I do plug in a headset to the transmitter. Um, You don't have to. It can pick up um, pick up audio audio fairly well without it. But I just uh, noticed that especially when I'm doing cardio, the cardio portion of my classes, that it would bounce around a little bit too much and be Mm -hmm. distracting. So I choose to clip it to my waistband and then plug in a headset, um, just to have a slightly cleaner look, less, less bouncing around, but you could probably go either way.
0: Yeah. Look at that. And you even know what those are called the receiver and the transmitter. Look at you. (laughs) <laughs> I'm <growth>. learning.
2: <laughs> Slowly but surely. <laughs> That's
0: growth right there. I I know that um, if anybody watches the content that we make on YouTube, though two of those things we've made tutorials on. The Logitech Stream Cam is a quality webcam. It's something that you can invest in. Logitech is a company well known. Same thing goes with Rode. Value, quality company right there. That's gonna last. It's something that um, the question that always comes to my mind is, well, I see this version that looks exactly like it on Amazon and it looks the same exact, it says it's going to do the same thing. It's a, poor, a fraction of the cost. Should I get it? And my response is usually, uh, Maybe. You can try it. You don't, I don't know how long it's going to last you. And that's the chance that you take with getting knockoff versions. But the two companies you mentioned, the Logitech and Rode quality stuff. And I like how you mentioned that you have the headset too. That's something that I've been integrating myself more is a lavalier attachment instead of just clipping it to my shirt because exactly what you said, the bouncing. It's a, it's not like it's a heavy item, the transmitter, but You can always get a little lav or a headset that you can plug in and it just makes it a little more cleaner. So good, good stuff right there. And we're getting now to the podcast takeaways here. This is a great opportunity to hear from Christy on basically her experiences too, that everything that she's gone to with being a mom, being a fitness instructor, creating her uh, her own format, teaching online, her perspective is not to be different than all of ours. And that's what I love about this part right here. And Christy, what are three myths about the fitness industry?
1: Okay. I don't know if I these are going to be myths per se, or as much as these are three things I would like to change mm-hmm. about the fitness industry,
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> perhaps. Uh, if I could change an aspect of the fitness industry, it would be to make strength training more interesting, mm. particularly the incorporation of popular music. Uh, mm-hmm. a- again, this comes from my experience of trying to find another a class that would meet my needs, not finding it and developing my own. I find that music is incredibly motivational for people, for participants. And if we can combine the right music, with the right movement, they're going to enjoy it more. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to come back and do it again. Mm -hmm. And as we all know, it is consistency that is key. Yes. So if we as fitness professionals can make strength chaining fun and enjoyable, then our members, our, our participants are going to reap the benefits because they'll keep coming back. Yeah. So that that is something that I, I wish I could change. I want to say ditch the sets and reps. Let's start <laughs> really moving to music
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, and let people feel how feel that motivation. Um, qu- quick, quick story on this point. Yeah. Uh, one of the the best conversations I've had recently with one of my members. I had a playlist one day where we used a lot of songs from the seventies. Okay. We had, we had foreigner on the playlist. uh, We had the rolling stones. And after class, she came up to me and said that she absolutely loved it because for a moment in time, she was transported back to when she was in college and she had just, just met someone amazing. She had her first boyfriend. She was driving her, her, her first car, um, getting her first job and life was good. And those songs brought back those memories. She was able to move through that class. Like I have never seen her move before. (laughs) She was really getting into it. Mm -hmm. And she kept coming back week after week after week, not just for the great workout, but for the emotions that the music created for her. As a result, she lost 40 pounds. And I'll quickly wow. note that these were 40 pounds she needed to lose. Her doctor had told her she needed to lose weight. And that's, that's where the meaning comes in. When we see people, when we can help motivate people to come back and be consistent and see the changes in their lives that comes through consistent effort. Love it. So, um, all right. So that was, uh, things I could change number one. <laughs> <laughs> Things I could change. Number two, uh, I, I feel like it is a myth that in order to be successful in the fitness industry, a person needs to be young and have Instagram-worthy apps. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't think that is true. Mm-hmm. I think the fitness industry needs fitness pros of every age mm-hmm. and of every body type because our communities are filled with people of every age mm-hmm. and every body type. And everyone needs to move more and yeah. exercise more. So if there's any fit pros out there wondering, or, or maybe just individuals who enjoy this this podcast and are thinking about becoming fit pros, I would say do it now because we need you.
2: Mm-hmm. Join
1: now. Get that certification now. Uh, it's there is a labor shortage. <laughs> and so if you've been thinking about switching gears and getting into this industry, do it. We need you. We need your body type. We need your personality. We need your age to reach other people like you. Yes. Um, so, so those are my, I guess I only have two, two things that I'd like to change. So. <laughs>
0: all good. I'll, I'll accept it this time. Other all episodes right. I've made the guests give me three, but I'll accept the two cause they were good. Especially okay. the story you shared. <laughs> but, uh, the one I, I will comment on, I think is the last one with, uh, we need all types of people. I think that that's yeah. something that people forget is there's so many different areas and it's expanding within the fitness industry. There is, you don't just have to be an instructor. You can mm-hmm. start there, but you can move into different areas I think I mentioned earlier that I have I started on the education side. Of course, I taught before that. I taught Group X. I did personal training. But I started early on the education side of the fitness industry. And that's one of the sides that many people don't know about. They don't know that you can go into Mm -hmm. the education side. I mean, there's less opportunities for it. But it's a whole nother side. And there's so many pieces within this growing industry that we're still young. We're still growing that getting in. Getting your experience, continuing to grow and people need you that mm-hmm. we're not even cracking it. The, the, I think the expression of cracking the iceberg or the tip of the iceberg in yeah. terms of all the people that need help, that need exercise, need strength training mm-hmm. in their lives. And we think that there's just, there's this finite amount of people that we're all going to compete for. The majority, overwhelming majority are not mm-hmm. even in exercise yet. They're no, they don't go to a gym. Yeah. They're not even exercising. And that's a population that you can go, you can market to. If you can figure out that magic sauce for it, boom, you have a business, you have a career for yourself. So great stuff right there, Christy. Before we sign off, can you give the listeners information about where they can find you on social media and your website?
1: Absolutely. Uh, the best way to find me and get in touch with me is through Instagram and Facebook. I have two different handles. Uh, the first at Fit Chris Taylor, and that's F-I-T-K-R-I-S-T-A-Y-L-O-R. That is my Instagram and Facebook feed that's where I – uh, it's a little bit more, it's both professional and personal, but I, I reach my participants through that one. Mm-hmm. And then for any fitness professionals who are interested in my formats, uh, Power Beat or Power Beat Plus, or just interested in, in what my company, Feel the Beat Fitness, is doing, that has its own Instagram, at feelthebeatfitness. So uh, you can find me at either of those locations.
0: I love it. I love a great episode. I love the stories that you shared. That's really a big part of this podcast is the stories that hopefully impact someone, somebody hears it, and it makes them want to take those steps. So Christy, thank you for being my guest.
1: Thank you very much.